16, verse number one says, Then drew near unto him all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eateth with them. Well, how dare he eat with sinners? And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? And when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, I have found my sheep which was lost. Verse number seven says, I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over the ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you for your word. God, I thank you for your word and the lead and guidance. I ask you, Lord, today to anoint me to preach your word. God, your word's anointed. I ask you, Lord, for the seed of the word to go down deep to fertile ground in our hearts. Lord, I ask you to hide me. Hide me behind the cross. Let me speak the words you want me to speak. In Jesus' name. Would everybody say amen? Amen. amen. Let it be so. In Jesus' name, you can be seated. Thank you for everyone that come out today, guests, visitors, whatever you want to be called, we'll call you that, but I prefer to call you by your name, so if I don't know you, would you introduce yourself, and I'll be, do my best to introduce myself to you after service, but you're welcome here, you're welcome to worship, enjoy the presence of the Lord here today. I want to just look at a couple things here today in these scriptures. I don't think I'm going to be long. You notice I used to say that all the time, and now I don't say it as much. Sometimes I know it's just like there's a lot to say. I'm trying to say it fast. I heard Taylor say, if you'll listen fast, I'll preach it fast. But I noticed in verse 2 of our text, what the Pharisees are murmuring, Jesus is speaking clearly. He's spelling out his rescue mission plan for sinners. Aren't you glad Jesus has a plan? He has a plan for each and every one of us, but he has a plan to find that lost sheep. The title of my message today is One Really Worth It. Is one sheep really worth it? I don't even need my notes for this. Is one soul worth what we do here? Is one soul, one one ranger kid on the 24th, is he worth it if we can lead him to Christ? Was it worth that money you just give if he's saved? If he's the next Billy Graham, is he worth it? Sounds like I'm preaching to Christians today. Do we still believe the Word of God? The infallible Word of God? So what I preach out of this today, you're going to believe it, take it to heart, and do it, right? Amen. I like hearing that. God, thank you for a Christian church. Thank you that I'm not pastoring some other church that's not Christians. I don't know who I'm talking about. I'm just saying. In verse 4, we like to skip to the part where the shepherds found the sheep and everyone rejoices. 
but we miss the crux of this parable. We act like it took the shepherd 30 seconds to find this sheep. That's what it seems like. You're just reading through there. It didn't take long at all. The shepherd leaves the 99. He goes out and finds that lost sheep. Well, that shouldn't take just a couple seconds, right? He's big, white, and fluffy. I mean, you ought to be able to see that against the wilderness. Imagine rocky terrain. Imagine acres of pasture. Imagine miles of trails through woods. Imagine a sheep just eating with his head down, wandering away until he realizes there's no other sheep with him. There's no one else around. Then panic sets in. Disappointment sets in. Disillusion sets in. Frustration sets in. Man, my life was going pretty good. I was doing pretty good for myself. But then I got out of church. Oh, wow. I tied it together real fast, didn't I? I used to feel the comfort of my church friends and pastor. Now I just feel ashamed because I'm lost. I'm not living where God wants me to live. I'm not doing what God wants me to do. I'm lost. Church, it's going to cost us something to find lost sheep. I'm not just talking about finances. I'm, that's not where I'm going with this, although it is a part of it. It's going to cost us something to find lost sheep. It's going to cost us our time. It's going to cost us our life. What is your time in your life? I mean, that's all we really have is our time. And so if I'm spending my time on my son or, or on our congregation or someone else, I'm spending my life on them. It's going to cost us something to find lost sheep. There's going to be some late night conversations with the lost. There's going to be some moments where we're disappointed by their actions. There's going to be some mountains, valleys, streams, woods, desert places. We're going to have to trek in order to find the lost sheep. You might begin to ask then, is one really worth it? Is he really worth it? I've went after him for a long time, Brother Scotty. I've been trying for years. Is he really worth it? Can I answer my own questions? Yes. Emphatically, yes. He's worth it. She's worth it. And when we find that lost sheep, we're going to have to pick it up, pick that lost person up and carry them for a while. I like to call that discipleship. Discipleship. I'm ashamed to say that's where we fail in the church most often is discipleship. Someone comes in, they give their heart to God, and we pat them on the back and say, we're so proud of you being saved. Heaven's rejoicing. We're rejoicing with you. Go get them, tiger. The lost sheep, they don't need us to cuss them out for getting lost, do they? We better not be cussing anyway. Just saying. They're going to need a, a reminder of why they should want to be found. We forget sometimes it's work to get the lost found. As a matter of fact, the sheep that Jesus is going after are likely the ones that we overlook. 
they're not like me. They don't shop and buy their pants at Belk. Get their jacket on sale at Belk. $29 blue jacket. I'm, I'm all Greenbrier Panther today now. Wearing the blue. But the sheep that Jesus is going after is all the lost. We know that. But sometimes we want to pick and choose which ones we're going after. We want to pick and choose. You know what? I want to go after the banker, the lawyer, the businessman. I want to go after that. But they got to be saved too, right? Come on now. They all need to be saved. If they don't know Jesus, they need to be saved. We need to be going after all the lost, not just the ones that can financially support the church. (laughs) Our eyes tend to stay on the easy targets. Sometimes it's right here in the church. We want to stay focused right here on the church. I just want to make sure Sister Gail stays right here in the church. I want to make sure that Brother Jordan stays right here in the church. So I'm going to just focus. I'm going to disciple Jordan. I'm going to to disciple Sister Margaret. I'm going to stay with her. Make sure she doesn't get out and get into dancing and drinking and boozing it up and (laughs) cutting a rug on Saturday nights. And just want want to watch after our fold here. But this parable isn't giving props to Jesus for giving his eyes on church folks. It's about Jesus looking for the one that isn't with the rest of the fold. That's why he called them the lost. They're lost. They've, they've lost their way. I'll just say this right now. Sometimes people lose their way. It's not intentional. The alcoholic didn't wake up one morning and say, you know what? Hey, you know, I want to get me a drink, and hopefully this will lead to alcoholism. I, today, you know, I think I'm going to start being a drug addict. Where can I find some drugs? It, it doesn't happen that way. Hurting people, looking for solutions, find the, the devil makes sure they find the wrong answers. He makes sure they find the wrong answers. I was talking with someone earlier this week, and they said sometimes even the root of the problem we lose track of what that root was. Why, how did we ever get to this point? Because we lost what, what, what position our heart was in that, that got us to this situation. Jesus is looking for the one that's not with the rest of the flock. Some churches and Christians have gotten way too comfortable looking for sheep that's already in the fold. We're just taking care of ours. Just, we're just watching after our church. That's all we're going to do now. Make sure everybody's comfortable, air conditioner's just right, heat's just right, padded pews are just right, spaghetti supper's just right. We're counting sheep and keep them up with, I created some more names today, I'll just tell you. I'm in my office, and I don't just like pray for new names to come up, but I'm just sitting there writing my sermon, and new names come up, and so, so I don't offend somebody by calling your name, I make up my own names. We're counting sheep and keeping up with Brother Shaky Hand. That's the name I made up. And Sister Talks a Lot. That's another name I just made up. And making sure they don't do anything wrong. Making sure they don't wander off. Because they're already in the fold. We don't, we, we don't want them going anywhere. In the meanwhile, souls are being lost day by day. With people lost without God, just wishing that someone would reach out and look for them and care for them and to love them. They're lost sheep looking for somebody, 
looking for something. And the devil is right there just keep giving them something that they don't need. Something that's going to kill, steal, and destroy. We have to grow in God to the point that we're the shepherd of our circle of influence. You're going to find out I am one of these people that's not, not that jealous. I'm not. I know with my wife, she's good looking, but you know what? She's mine. I don't worry that she's going to run off with somebody. I'm not jealous. I'm not, it, somebody goes up and talks to my wife. I'm not jealous of that. I'd be jealous if she went and got in the car with them. That would make me a little jealous. But as a pastor, I'm not jealous either. One night we had a service in here when I was preaching. I've told you before, when I'm looking out of these glasses, the reader glasses, I can't see you clearly. I see a bunch of little humps in the seats. I can't really tell. So you see me hanging on a lot, just because I don't want to take them on and off. We had three people walk in. I couldn't make them out. I didn't know who they were. They, they sat over here. At the end of the service, they come up and give their heart to the Lord. But at the end of the service, after the invitation, I walked over here to get a Kleenex because I was crying. And uh, I didn't even see them come down. And when I come over here, God told me to pray for somebody over here. And I went over there to pray for them. But just walking off, I kind of looked over. And I seen them three people down here in the altar. But when I seen them three people, I seen Brother Charles. Sister Jennifer, Brother Kirk, Sister Metzger, four of our church people down here leading, leading them to the Lord. And I was like, that's awesome. That's the way it's supposed to be. It's not just for the pastor to go find the lost. It's for you to go find the lost, Sister Desiree. It's for you, Brother Angel, Sister. It's for you to find the lost. Put them on your shoulders and carry them. It's for you to pray them through. But the whole time I was like, but God, I want to go over there and pray. He's like, go over there and pray. But I, I want in on that action. God is just, I, I, want to, I want to get over there. You know, eventually I, I walked by a couple times and kind of looked and back this way a little bit. And come up and finally I said, Lord, touch him. I know I'm not supposed to be over there right now. <laughs> but it's up to us. And what I said all that for is you can look around you right now. You know who you're missing right, right now today in this service. We don't have a bad crowd today. If we had just our members here, how many would be here today? I say all that to say this. We need to be pastoring our sections. We need to be looking around. Who's not here? That's not so we can get the whip and go crack them over the head with it and say, what are you doing? You know better. You ought to be in church. Some of them are hurting. Some of them are lost, and they're waiting for someone to go and just tell them, I love you. I love you. Come back home. Some people just on vacation. They're coming back home. But we got to realize we have a job to do. In our, in our circle of influence, there's people, there's family. Every one of us in here have family that's not living right, that doesn't know the Lord. And if God come back today, they would burn in hell forever. That should be enough right there to tell us, I can't keep my mouth shut. I can't keep my eyes shut to what's going on. i got to go after them. 
Sister Gail, I don't want my cousins going to hell. I don't want my family members going to hell. When are we going to have the compassion that Jesus is showing us? To be that shepherd, to go out and look for the lost. Lord Jesus. I got these fake glasses on, had to wipe tears. Souls are being lost. We've got to grow. We've got to grow to the point where we're not always needing to be fed, but that we can go out and feed his sheep. Each and every one of us need to be going after and finding the lost sheep and bringing them back to God. Verse 4 of our text poses the question, doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? This question is asked like it's a normal practice. This happens all the time. He's going to leave the flock there. He's going to go after that one. Do you know why? Because it is normal practice. That's what God does. You're saved. You're here in the church. It's, it's not that God doesn't meet our needs now and he's turned our back on. That's not the point of this. He's going after the one that's straight off. The 99's together. They're good together. He's going after the one that's straight off. It is a normal thing. It is a normal practice for Jesus to look for the lost. And it should be a normal practice for us. Is one really worth it? Until he finds it, Jesus keeps looking for the lost sheep. There are people all around us, each and every one of us, that others have given up on. Some parents or grandparents who have just gotten too frustrated with their kids and grandkids. I can't deal with them anymore. They're rotten to the core. I don't even know where they're at. They run off with this one and that one. They're on drugs. They're, they're doing alcohol. They're, they're, they're with this man or that man or this, this one or that one. Don't even know where they're at. I found out yesterday. I went to a family reunion yesterday. And I found out that one of my cousins that's been in church before had a life with God, had an experience with God. Some bad things happened in his life. And next thing you know, his brother told me yesterday, he said, he's homeless. He's living on the street. Not living right. Needing somebody to go after him. Needing somebody to look for that lost sheep. My other cousin is saved. And he's going after him. We can't give up. Some pastors have stopped trying to reach them because they're just too difficult. It's too hard. It takes too much time. I've got to pray and study for a sermon Sunday. I don't have time to run after these sheep. There has to be inside each and every one of us a tenacity to reach the lost. The same tenacity that helped Jesus carry a cross on the road to Golgotha. That tenacity, I like to call it the Holy Spirit. He gives us that ump. If that's a word, I don't know. He gives us that tenacity to go after him. Over and over and over. How many times, let me ask this question. I'll answer my own question. How many times you've been saved? Has it been more than once? That's me. More than twice? That's me. More than three? More, that's me. I've had to keep coming back to God. 
keep coming back to God. And he's come after me over and over and over. How many of you are in the same situation? I, I don't know, maybe you got saved and you never had another problem. You never backslid. You never, you know, I know a lot of religions don't even believe in backsliding, but don't talk to me about it because I believe this book and I see it in here. Um, how many of us has needed God to come after us? Lord, help us. Holy Spirit, help us. If we'll let him, we'll let the Holy Spirit lead our conversations and our character. We won't stumble upon the lost by accident. We'll be drawn to them. Every time I go to the store, Shelly knows it's going to be a long trip. I'm going to go in there. Somebody I know is going to be there. And we're going to talk about Jesus before I get out of there. I don't care if I'm going in there for baking soda. I'm going to come out with a big, long story of who I talk to. Our every breath will give us life to find the next ones who's being cast, beside by, cast to the side by society. Who's been told they're not good enough. Who's been rejected by his peers. Our very ex- existence will be to find the one and bring him home. That's where we've got to get to. Sometimes we get so busy trying to make sure that, here's my other names, Brother Bobblehead and Sister Sassy Pants isn't upset at the church because we don't want anyone leaving the church, but we're missing the big picture. We're missing the Great Commission. Mark 16 and 15 said, And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Taylor took that literal. I think he preached to his dog over and over and over. He asked me one day, he said, Dad, can I keep this dog? It was a stray or a cat. I don't remember what it was now, son. I said, you know in the Bible where the mule was talking? He said, yeah. I said, if you can get that cat to bark, then we're keeping it. We don't have a cat. Matthew 28, 19, and 20. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. I've never been a sheep herder. As you can look at me, you probably guessed that. But if I've got $100 and I lose $1, I'm probably not going to lay my 99 down and look for that $1. It's going to have to be an open sight. I'll just be honest with you. I see it all the time. I go to the stores and I see change on the ground. I'm picking it up right and left. But if it was mine, I probably I don't want to bend over and get that today. If I've got a bag of M&Ms or some Chewy Sprees and I drop one, it rolls under the couch, I'm probably not looking for it. And then when I find it, go rejoice and call my neighbors and let them know I found my chewy spree. But we're not talking about dollar bills or candy here. We're talking about sheep. And sheep are valuable. Sheep are valuable. When it's our son or our daughter that are the lost sheep, are we ready to throw in the towel? No. Are we going to say, well, we warned them. They deserve what they're getting, Sister Donna. No. 
at that point, they're far more valuable than a dollar and an M&M. It's my boy. It's my girl. It's my family. It's my cousin. They're far more valuable than what they even think they are. That's my boy, my daughter, that we loved, we hug, we kiss, we snuggle with. It's my child that we held close in the middle of the night while they were scared. It's my girl that I took to the softball games, dance classes, and dozens of tea parties. It's my son that I taught how to play catch and throw a baseball. That's my child that I taught how to go camping, how to hunt, and how to swim. They're valuable. They're valuable to me. But just mine is not enough. There's lost sheep out there that's not related to me. I've got to have that same passion. There's someone else's kids, someone else's sons and daughters. Maybe their parents are not even saying, who's going after them? Church, we have to grow in God. We have to put on our, our walking shoes, our shepherd's staff. We have to go after them. We have to go after the lost. When we're talking about our family or our child, our baby boy or girl, it's easy to say, let's go get them. We'll do whatever it takes. Let's go find them. Let's save them. And then it's easy to answer the question, is one really worth it? Yes. Yes. Brother Garrett, would you come? Are we just as compassionate about the ones that we don't know, the ones that we didn't raise, the ones that seem to keep failing, the ones that had a second, third, fourth chance, the drug addict, the alcoholic, the prostitute, the one that doesn't smell good, the one that's bashful, the one that's mean and hateful and doesn't like God or church or Christianity? They're all the lost sheep. Do we have the same compassion? Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every living creature. Go as shepherds. Preach the gospel. Preach the gospel. What's the gospel look like? Sometimes the gospel is just going after somebody and loving them. Just going after them and loving them. Letting them know that God loves them. They're the lost sheep.